Ross, you there? Yeah, yeah, I'm here. On will Tossa, egg lower, lumsa. Irish for are you talking to me? Oh, was it? On will Tossa, egg lower, egg lower, lumsa, lumsa, lumsa. To me, to me, to you, lumsa. <gasps> the Irish chuckle would be Tossa, lumsa, Tossa, lumsa. <laughs> the chuckle drahars would be. F- <laughs> 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 The 30th episode of Higher Fidelity, the crack is 90. They're singing happy birthday. You just want, I don't know the words. Uh, that was 3090 from uh, Tick Tick Boom, the film with Andrew Garfield, who's going to come up a good bit during this episode. As we said, this is the 30th episode of Higher Fidelity. It is the 4th of February, and we're getting dangerously close to my birthday. And sat across, we're in Fibsborough uh, at the moment, my house in Fibsborough, my room in a house in Fibsborough, and sat across from me, cross legged on my bed, is Jack. McGee. Hello, it's me. I'm cross-legged. Chris-legged. That'll be a good... That'll be a good let's, let's workshop that character. He's uh, got a limp. At some point, we're gonna, we'll are gonna get to Chris-legged. Right, okay. Sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. So, I'm Pete with Jack here, and also this episode is split between here and back in Cavan, so we're going to throw over to Cavan. Here you go, catch. Yes, thank you, Fib, Fibsborough Pete. And <laughs> Fib, stop, la- <laughs> stop laughing if I'm trying to do a link. <laughs> Jack only arrived here about... Two days ago, I did. Jack initially was going to fly over to see us play in Dublin on our ill-fated December tour. Um, it wasn't even fated; it didn't even happen. Like ill-fated suggested, yeah. it went ahead and was a disaster. It didn't even happen at all. It was it was a non-existent. It was Thanos snapped. So instead, Jack said, "Look, I'm just going to move my trip to around February and come over then and see us." And of course, we said, "Oh, he's actually coming." Fuck. Okay, we can't tell him no now. So you arrived two days ago, Julie, and um, Jack. Jack, Jack, no, not sorry, Julie. Jack, sorry, sorry. Oh my god, I keep doing that. I get, I get it quite a lot. It's fine. <laughs> Obviously, Wednesday morning, arrived. I went out to the airport to pick Jack up because I'm a gentleman. Uh, brought him back here, got the stuff dropped, and then just pretty much once we dropped our stuff off, went straight into town. Uh, mm. And I, I went about showing you all the different places. Oh, so I will say as well, we had an attempt at recording an episode yesterday uh, in a place called Soup. Good soup. A place called Soup ramen bar and we didn't have any soup didn't have any ramen we just had a skip of drink we went in there and said look can we record an episode of a podcast here and they said yeah of course why not we didn't sat down pulled it everything got it ready had a listen realized the, the music in, in the in the bar slash restaurant was far too loud for it to not be uh distracting for the audience um and we're going to play a bit of that now so this is a test to see if the music in the background is uh, way too loud and a bit too distracting. Hello. One, two, one, two, one, two, okay, two, I'm two. Becky. So you can see why we decided to forego that. That we, was ill-fated. Yeah, like this podcast is distracting enough. But yeah, so Jack's had a, Jack's had a great time here in Ireland so far, I believe. Uh, on the first day, I showed Jack around a few of the, few of the hot spots. Um, I carried a guitar naked on the bus. The guitar was naked, not me, on the bus. I was naked. Yes. Uh, that was prerequisite for the trip arriving that you have to be nude the entire time you're here. Um, got off there, I had to like dash to Trinity because I've been asked to do, I've been asked to speak at uh, the Music Society run by Gemma, who's actually on the previous podcast, who I mentioned as being the head of the Trinity Music Society, got in touch to say, hey, I'm cashing in on knowing you now and want you to like fill in at this songwriting workshop that we're hosting. Um, so in layman's terms, I lectured at Trinity University. I will just say as well, myself and Jack have done an obscene amount of talking over the last two or three days between everyone we've been hanging out with, and so to excuse the hoarseness, excuse the coarse language, and excuse the hoarse voices. I'm a pygmy. Uh, I'm a pygmy, pygmy stallion. Pygmy, pygmy, pygmy stallion. You tried to run that by me yesterday, and it didn't fly then either. No. I was like, "What are you talking? What the fuck's a pygmy stallion?" You're a little horse, and I went, "Oh, okay, great." <laughs> it's my evening ruined. Yes, then after the Trinity excursion, um, myself and Jack decided to go to a boozer. I tried. To, I decided to bring Jack to one of the hallowed halls of Irish music and culture in general, the famous, crucial to our culture and our self-image as a country here in Ireland, Whelan's. We went in there, found ourselves in a little snug, and were joined by some friends. Uh, Joe, who threatened to throw his arm out of a window in the last episode, happened to be there. Um, and we sat, we quaffed merrily, told some jokes, had a laugh, then went upstairs, continued to have a laugh upstairs. Uh, Jack disappeared for a moment or two and then came back and grabbed me by the elbow and said, Pete, don't go into the left stall. I immediately excused myself to go to the left stall. 
uh, opened the door and was hit with a whiff that could kill a pygmy stallion. Jack had kamikazied the carsey. He had wrecked the bog. He had shat up a storm in a way that I could only... My body was repulsed by... I was impressed by. My soul was impressed. And I walked back. You gave me a look as if to say, like, did you check? And I gave you a look back as if to say, I fucking did. You knackered it. Fair fucks to you. What was your thought process? As a, did you did you go in with the intention of carpet bombing a toilet? Or did you walk in and go, oh shit, this is now happening. And I'm about to do indescribable damage to this toilet. <laughs> um, I mean, for context, I'm I'm fairly regular. It's nor it's normally a, a mid morning after I've had a cup of tea kind of kind of scenario. I do I do actually feel bad because I'm not a tea person at all. The whole time you've been here, I've not said to you once. I've not had a, want cup a cup of tea, of tea three days now, and I get <laughs> some tea downstairs. I feel my my soul slowly tr- trying to escape my body. Uh, no, it's normally a mid morning thing. Have a cup of tea. That so I'm I'm assuming it's the warmth warms up the bowels. I suppose warms the bowels. Hashtag cooks the poo. <laughs> uh, but I'd had a, uh, a fair few colas. And at one point in the evening, said uh, uh, Joe said to me, "Are you are you feeling all right? You're looking at you're looking a little bit a little bit peaked there." And I said, "Oh yeah, I think it's just I think it's just like a little bit trapped trapped gas on the inside. It's coke gas, yeah, yeah, it's coke gas." <laughs> uh, so uh, I just need to I just need a wee, needed to head for a slash. Went to the went to the toilet and then quickly realized, oh no, there's something else in here with me. Something a brewing. Yeah, sat myself down and not long into the procedure. <laughs> The gentleman in the stall <sighs> next to me <laughs> um, uttered a sound I'll never, I'll never forget as long as I live. He went, oh, <laughs> and then quickly, quickly, quickly left the after that. And that's how I knew I was what what I was in for was beyond the realms of mortal men. To be fair, what I smelled was from another dimension. Uh, it had come from one or had created one in the process of its execution. God knows what bio-life is now existing in the basin of that toilet. Or in the, the U-Bend is a, is a whole other fucking pocket universe of beings designed to exist solely on the methane produced by your bowels. I'm, uh, I'm terrified. I'm slowly terraforming Dublin. Imagine <laughs> someone's dream was, I want to terraform Ireland. <laughs> Uh, I'm assuming it's it's my culture, uh, my like heritage home because we have a peninsula in Northern Ireland, Island McGee. Oh, of course, it's right. Called, it's called an island, but it's a peninsula. Uh, I think to confuse people. Something that annoys me about the word peninsula is that it's so close to being an anagram of penis insulin. Oh, you're like a few ends away. Yeah, well, when I reclaim it, I'll change that as well. I will. I should point out as well that Jack is at across from me in a fairly faded, which suggests it has been worn quite a bit. It's been worn striped t-shirts. Yeah, I also have a striped t-shirt. On, oh right, okay. But I use it as a jammy top, and it actually features me on it. I like how you've pulled your jumper up and held the microphone up to it, as if <laughs> as if it that means the people at home can see it. Yeah, look, look at my t-shirt. Um, but yeah, we're both we're both wrapping the merch today. Uh, which is great to see. So then we had that night, had the whole Trinity lecture, followed by the Whelan's um, experience. We went from the affluence of Trinity to the effluence of Whelan's. Yes. That's brilliant. That's genius. Write that down. Also, I coined a phrase when, in trying to sell plagiarism to uh, Trinity. I managed to pull something out of my arse that I think uh, was worth pulling out before Jack pulled something massive out of his arse. Um, <laughs> as we were speaking to the class, saying it's f- so grand to nick things, uh, I said, you have to speculate to accumulate, but you also have to thieve to achieve. That's a bit of PowerPoint word art. Waiting to happen. On a primary school pinboard. But you got to see the grounds of Trinity. How did you feel about that? I did. It was uh, weird as, again, someone that's, that didn't go to university to be sitting in a university lecture. Same. Me lecturing. Yeah, yeah. It was, <laughs> Having never gone. Um, on the whole... A bizarre experience. I wasn't really sure what to do if there were rules about where to sit. But it, it kind of it weirdly mirrored. I thought it might mirror the weird instance that I think the weird situation myself and the stripes found ourselves in when we were asked to to do a master class in BIM, the big music college here. And I like how you pull away to sniff. Fair play to you. Hmm. We're asked to do a master class in BIM, and we went in there, and all the students there were first of all older than us, and were in college studying music. And a lot of the questions were based because we were at the time had our second album coming out, so we're kind of on a we were as big as we we're ever going to be. We were at the, we we had reached the peak of our success, and the load of the questions were basically how do we do what you do, and we kind of had to go don't go to college, don't drop the fuck out, and <laughs> do it that way. I I mean yeah, similarly not to not to just like rock up on Irish shores, drop a fat deuce in the toilet at Whelan's, and then and then 
like say my piece and leave, but uh, same sort of deal in uh, 2014. I won the Young Cartoonist of the Year award in the under 18s category. Um, and I failed art at high school. Yeah, I will. Yeah, so I totally forgot to give any background to Jack here. Now that we, uh, yeah. Oh yeah, no, I'm just here. I'm just, <laughs> I just, I just wandered in off the street. Jack is a fantastic artist. Who anyone who's ordered a copy of Higher Fidelity will have been given a sample of Jack's art, and it's actually on my wall as well. Jack uh, inked, penned, and coloured the drawing of the five of us in the sitting room, all getting together and working as we did during that month. And there's never been a more sort of succinctly perfect encapsulation of how we all behave as people in a singular solid image and everyone who's seen that as well any of our friends have, seen it, have been like how have you nailed how those people sit like between becky and myself specifically they were like that is exactly how those people sit and um myself and jack bonded over our shared love oh, we've too far too many shared loves to go uh, along with mm. uh, but i think two or three of the really strong tenets have been Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, that mm. entire that entire series, and Spider-Man. Mm. Something I've learned only in the last two days, basically the pattern of the day of the last few days have been, we get up mid-morning, whatever the fuck, mid-morning, we're being very generous, lunch. It's been lunchtime yeah. when we've been going. Get up, go into town, chill out for the day. The last two nights in a row we've come back and then watched three or four episodes of Yu-Gi-Oh! Bridged, mm. uh, which has been an amazing way to like round off the day. But yeah, Jackson is an artist who's currently working on a graphic novel and I've been privy to a few select pages that have already been inked and finished and all this stuff and I am incredibly excited about it and can't wait. I've been told, I've been hearing about this for about a year or so now and actually seeing it come to fruition and come to life is incredibly exciting and I can't wait to actually have a copy. No, nor can I. No, you're not allowed to speak about it. Uh, I'm, I'm only messing. No, yeah, it must be mad. No, yeah, no, it is. Um, I used to work in a in a bookshop cafe, and I quit. Uh, New Year's. My last day was New Year's Eve, twenty twenty, to go like full time on and just get the book bashed out, and then see what happened from there. And I spent the whole of last year writing the damn thing, only to then realize when I started to do the do the artwork for it that the reason it took so long to write was because I actually wrote three of them. <laughs> So uh, it's going to be a trilogy. It's going to be incredible. yeah. It's going to be so it's going to be a brilogy. No, but it's mad to actually see pages of it. And it's yeah. one thing that uh, it's Michael Mapergo once said when someone once asked him, um, "Michael, you've written thousands of books. Why do you keep doing this?" And he says he loves the feeling of having a physical yeah. copy of a book in his hand that he's made at the end of the day. And um, that's the bit I'm most looking forward to is actually holding a copy of it. Um, but yes, then yesterday we went to go see Spider-Man No Way Home again for our second time. We did. Uh, I text Jack about a week ago to say, hey, while you're here, do you want to go see Spider-Man again? And you were like, I've already Google cinemas in Dublin that are showing the film, so we're sorted. So we went to see that yesterday. Great to see it again. Mm. But yeah, I bought recently, uh, the day after I saw Spider-Man No Way Home for the first time, I was in a shop called Needful Things in Dublin, which is a, a great wee little knickknacks at a shop. And I saw a, a Spider-Man uh, design, like a, like a novelty child's toothbrush uh, in the shape of Spider-Man. And I was like, right, well, if I buy anything today, it has to be that. So I went up to the clerk and said, can I buy this? And he was like, cool, that's a tenner. And I was like, brilliant. And then just jokingly said, can't wait to be able to brush my teeth at last, implying that I don't have a toothbrush. I've been waiting for this toothbrush my entire life. And he said, you're not going to open it, are you? I said, yeah, obviously. He said, oh, mate, that's from the 70s. I was like, grand. And I opened it there in front of him in the shop. <laughs> that's, that's a power move. I just you, bought it. You ruined that man's day. But... He is a T-posing, absolutely cut-as-fuck Spider-Man with a web backpack that the toothbrush sticks out of, and it looks like the hilt of a sword. Yeah, or like someone tried to build something on top of Christ the Redeemer. <laughs> uh, thank you, Fibs, for repeating, Jack. Uh, you will notice immediately there's already a very different energy here today from the Fibs recordings because yeah. uh, the reason for that is multiple-fold. <laughs> and I will tell you for why. Uh, the first reason is that uh, myself and Jack were very tired. Jack had arrived two days prior to we started recording this. <laughs> and as soon as he arrived, we went straight into trekking across Dublin, showing him all the hot spots. I ended up lecture in Trinity. We'll get to that in a bit. We were to, and just talking. I met some friends. We showed him around things like that. And we just were talking nonstop. And I hadn't been as verbal in a long time. Uh, well, not in a long time, but in terms of like, I hadn't been like that full on. As like, verbose. Yeah, do you know when you, because I hadn't met Jack before, obviously. Um, and then coming over, I was kind of like, oh, cool, I've, we got squeezing so much, like hanging out time, Grand Crack, and just was, it was, a, it was a mile a minute. Indeed. And so, yeah, we were just, we had, we had like run ourselves raw. We'd run our throats raw. <laughs> Two days of nonstop nattering. I'd also been very, been a very courteous host. You've seen my room. Yep. Uh, been a very courteous host and let Jack take the bed. Yep. Which, which currently, me and Jack in Dublin in the past are now sitting on. Mm. Back in, where we're recording the podcast now, 
up in Dublin. We're sitting on the bed simultaneously. Simultaneously, people that are listening to this are listening to two parallel stream of thought, which is mad. Situation and also, things. I just I just realised we could have a guy who's really good at doing stuff called simultaneously. Well, that's very good. That's very good, isn't Multitasker. it? Multitasker. Very good. So yeah, we're on the bed at the moment, and um, so that's why you'll notice, as I say, we spend myself and Jackson kind of kind of quite tired and relaxed. It's, it's not tired; it's relaxed and chill. It's relaxed and chilled. Okay. <laughs> also, another thing is, well, obviously, yeah, I've been a very courteous host, and I'd let Jack take the bed, whereas I slept on the floor, and I used a bed sheet as some bedding, and then another bed sheet as a duvet. Got it. B- bad idea. Very bad idea. Normally, I'm first man on the floor. Yeah. In the thing. I'll always be like, you take my bed, I'll take the floor, it's grand. I've realised now, with the advent of me about to turn 26, that my body can't withstand that anymore. No. And I woke up, two days of lying sleeping on the floor, I woke up in... Bits. I was in bits. I was, to use a phrase that Dan from Darklands uses, bunched. bunched. I was fucking bunched, right? On me and Jack recording, we had just got up from the night before where myself and yourself, Jack and Becky, had gone out. Ourselves. And we had decided to go out and record an episode of the podcast in town. That didn't go too well. Nope. I've played, <laughs> I put some of that audio in and you can see how much of a mess it is. Satisfactory location, suitable environment, not possible. The situation rapidly became untenable. It did. <laughs> <laughs> The situation began untenably. I maintained that status. Yeah. And then so we decided to write, okay, well, nuts to that. We can't record the episode here. Let's just go on the pints. Yes. And we did. Well, yes. I did. I did too. And then so I got up the next day and was a bit like, I every inch of me, every inch of my soul, my metaphysical being, my physical body is feeling tender. Mm. So that's the situation that we're up in Fibsborough now. So and as well, it's my first time doing an episode of the podcast in the new house that I'm living in in Fibsborough as well. Exciting times. It was very exciting times. It was in the morning though as well. So I didn't, you know, I wasn't sure about like keeping kind of volume down a tiny bit. I wasn't want to be like roaring because of the people in the house. I didn't. Mm. I, I haven't broken that ground with them yet, and I wasn't going to do that that morning with Jack there. And the final reason as well, Jack is just a boring bastard as well. <laughs> uh, unfortunately for him, yeah. Ah no, he knows. I ah, no 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 no. He knows I'm only messing. I know. I stuff. Ah no, come on, lad. No, we both agree that Jack is a dote. That's not going to be embarrassing and weird at all. <laughs> No, Jack's a dote. Jack's a lovely wee chocolate button. He's great. Yeah. <laughs> no, Jack is Jack is genuinely great. And I get into that. You're fucking legend, man. Fucking sick. Cool. Bye. And whereas now we're in Evan's house and I don't care what everyone else, uh, everyone else in this house thinks about the volume or the screaming or roaring. I don't care about that at all. Never have. Never have. Never will. I actually, honest to God, genuinely, sorry, just from talking about that as well. It's like I, I, you know, I'm a bit more arrested as well. One of the days this week, I actually got 12 hours of sleep. And I cannot, what? I cannot believe it. You lazy fuck. I know. I w- went to bed about 10 o'clock. I woke up at half 10 and went ho- went went the whole <laughs> night through. It was fucking mental. That is mad. But yeah, so I'm, I'm here now, fully rest, refreshed, ready to go. I was going to say as well that what the significance of you sleeping 12 hours is that you usually average 12 hours like a week. A week, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what have I been doing? I, well, I, I'd say up there as well. But like, obviously, I work in the source now, in the source Bulk Foods and mm-hmm. Mines, which is uh, it's a zero waste health food shop. Indeed. Where most of my job is spent using the nut butter machines to make nut butter and uh, they hired me to do that and I was like great I've been doing this for years <laughs> making nut butter all the time do you have any previous experience making nut butter funny you should ask I actually do an extensive amount so yeah that's what I work there and there's a little a little mini work farce for you here <laughs> We sell uh, an astonishing array of different things in terms of Zaytar. So much of this stuff sounds like either like wizards or spells. Yep. We sell Zaytar. Masters of the universe. Yeah, Garam Mazona. We sell... <laughs> not messing. I'm not joking. These things are... In, and they're all in jars, right? And um, we sell... Again, we sell like giant couscous. That's not a spell. It's just a bit weird. Yeah. We sell 11 different kinds of rice. or six different kinds of cashews in terms Jesus. of chili, kefir, jalapeno. Woman came up... Ke- like, <laughs> kefir, Donald. There's different <laughs> kind of cashews. Loads of nuts. Loads of... Like, God's amount. You can't go. That's the hard thing. I can't way. go. You I can't li- set You foot. literally cannot set Literally foot. couldn't be on the street like <laughs> Yeah, No, it's a mess. But also we sell like loads of... Like, there's God's amount of rice, 20 different kinds of rice, loads of pasta, flour, bread, like all this stuff. We sell like yeah. washing up the liquid, all this stuff. Again, you don't mix that with the nuts. Uh, we make sure to make sure to say that to everyone all the time. It was in one of the days, and we have a little. There's, there's a little table where you can people come in if they need like a hundred grams of like you know cardamom pubs, which again, which are the thing. Card- cardamom pubs from like Star Wars episode <laughs> fucking two. <laughs> yeah. So they would come up with a little scale where you can like. If I need a hundred grams, rather than coming to us, they can just go to this little personal weighing space, put the bag in, 
scoop the stuff in, see if it weighs 100 grams, there you go, grand. Some of it stuff is very powdery, like the, the, the superfoods that we do, like matcha and semolina and things like that. Yeah. They all, semolina pilchard as well. The they can be very dusty and very, when you open things, it's kind of, they start to kind of float because they're socialized powders. Mm-hmm. So someone come over to me and she said, can you give me a hand filling up like 100 grams of this? Mm. And I said, yeah, sure. And it was beetroot powder. Mm-hmm. Well, so I got the little brown paper bag, spoon in, spoon it out. I said, what do you actually use this uh, for? Excuse me. You're very welcome. I've been listening to a lot of Jonesy's jukebox lately. Scoop it out. So I scoop it out. And I said, oh, what do you actually, what do you use this for? And she was like, it's good for menstruation, uh, as far as I know. I think it's really good for that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, okay, grand, okay, I'm not going to ask any more questions about this. Because that's all that was on my mind, yeah, was yeah. This, this woman uh, needs this for her menstruation. Yeah. So I was scooping it out and all that stuff. And then sometimes the scales, because the powders can be really light. You put it on, sometimes the scale won't register. You have to pick it up and down a few times. So I was just picking up and down, going like, oh, just get this woman her thing sorted. Why would the scale work? I was just kind of like, oh, for fuck's sake. I just totally ahead with somewhere else. And she was like, does it work, do you know? And I was like, I, I don't know. I don't have a fanny. She was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> she was like, what? And I went, that's how I noticed, yeah, the scales can be really awkward. Uh, yeah. Holy Christ. I wasn't ready for it. I thought she meant like, Holy it... shit, man. <laughs> I, was, I thought she meant like, does it work for menstruation? Do you, women. Yeah, do you know, does it have an effect? And you still have this job. I still have the job. I tried I tried to charge someone, again, like like in Dunn's before, I leaned on the scale. I tried to, I tried to charge someone 18,000 euro for some <laughs> jar, for a, for a jar of acacia honey. But leaning on the scale. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, but, oh, wow. Oh my god! Did you what ju- the fuck? <laughs> did you cut your tongue to bits? Evan just took a glass of water. I just took for the listeners at home and abroad. I fucking was just drinking from my glass of water, and a bit of the glass that I put my mouth around just came off in my mouth. Stick your tongue out. Is it cut? Are you all right? Yeah. Fine. Oh, no, the top of your glass is shattered. A big right? bit of the glass just came off in my mouth. <laughs> shattered into my mouth. There. You made a glass come. I did. That's amazing. That's how hard I am. I suppose it turns out. <laughs> You're really lucky because that's glass sharp, man. <laughs> so that was a little tiny work farce. Nearly had a podcast work farce here. I nearly fucking died or yeah. something. Um, so that's me. I've been working now in the source the last. Uh, actually, had my month anniversary there uh, yesterday. Jesus. Yeah. Well, I've only, I've only worked like two days there, so like it's. Yeah, but this year is just fucking running away. It's already. I'm going to be twenty six in a week. Oh. Yeah. It's the year's gone. Mm. Oh. What, what have you been up to? Ev, give us a shout. What are you doing? You're learning how to drive. I'm learning how to drive big style. <laughs> Fucking late to the party, boy. I know, but big but style, though, as an automatic, though. So you're driving... That's what they call... No. That's what they call automatic in the fucking driving business, you fucking... <laughs> it's limp dick driving. It's, if you're not... It's called if, big style. Anyway, you're learning how to drive. I'm learning how to drive. Uh, I've been driving, like, crazy. You've been driving me mad, man. I've <laughs> been driving more than I'm being driven these days, Fair probably. Nice. If you're to ratio it out, two lessons left in me 12, trying to apply for the test, website keeps crashing. Yeah, it does, yeah, yeah. It's, 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 kind, of, it's kind of ironic that a test fleet to test you're good at driving <laughs> keeps crashing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and also, you've been recording. I've been driving cars. I've been driving cars to the place that I've been recording, which is Darkland Studios in Dublin. It is in a place called the Chocolate Factory, which is a building that has lots of different artistic enterprises. So you drive the whole way up there? Uh, no, I drove home, yeah, the other day. The whole way home from Dublin to Cavan, to yep, the store? from outside the Darklands studio to this store. And did you go on store. the... Uh, motorway Of course it did It's not allowed Not allowed I know it's not But oh. who gives us a shit <laughs> Breaking the law Yeah it's called Chancing it <laughs> But yes I've been recording music With Dan Doherty In Darkland Studios It's always a Dan It's always a Dan there Why is it always a Dan there's a, there's an, a, a, like, There is no upper limit For the amount of Dan's That can be involved In the production end of music Yeah Production in, production and execution end In terms of like lives like How many Dan's do we work with On tour and all that as well Oh god yeah you yeah, recording like the Dublin. You're an engineer in Dublin, or you're a tech from fucking from Croydon. Yeah, you're going to be Dan either way. No, I was going to say the name Dan. It has a bit of a kind of a chilled out, laid back Jack the Lad music biz edge to it. I think as as names go. I will say I've never ever met a stressed Dan. No, never met a Dan that isn't a dude. Yeah, no, they're all dudes. They're yeah, all absolute fair. dudes. Dudes yeah. and guys. Yes, yeah, so I've been making music, recording with him. I was playing with a uh, uh, twiddling around with. A little old synthesizer yesterday, like uh, a little vintage late seventies, early eighties synthesizer. The fucking the, the the brand is escaping me at the moment. It wasn't an ARP Odyssey, but it was something like that. It was one of those things that like fucking sounded like it was gonna be. I mean, we've got a fellow. We, I'm not. We're not sharing a space, or we're we're we're, we're not sharing a space. But we might we're sharing time, airtime with a fellow classic Doctor Who nerd. Yes. I yes, Jack. I just called you a fucking nerd. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> but we are we are both two two classic Doctor Who men. So uh, I was making some intensely nineteen uh, eighties radiophonic workshop Doctor Who scores on the synthesizer yesterday. 
none of which will ever be used. I don't think we even had play and record going at the same time. <laughs> but but I did it. Nice, deadly. And Ross, what have you been up to? I've been up to moving. Well, since I found out that you're properly in Dublin, like you're, you're you live there. You live, you, I, you have set down your roots. I, went, I live in Dublin. Where's the furthest possibly pla- possible place I can go on this in on this fucking island speaking. away from Peter and it's Sligo. Sligoc. <laughs> or as to say, or as Satnav say, Sligo. Sligo, Indeed. yeah. You never say it right. So I'm moving on out. Moving on west now. But you're living in a pretty fucking sweet guy. Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> swanky. <laughs> <laughs> I was saying this tomorrow morning last night. You're moving in. You're the first people who are going to be living in this new like apartment place. Yeah. So whenever anyone else moves in, they're going to be like, who is like the two rooms that I've had so far in my life. So I've had two rooms in my life so far. Mm-hmm. Whenever I think of wherever, if I'm moving somewhere, I'm kind of like, what were the people like who lived there before? You don't have that. No. You're, you're gonna, like, what were the builders like? Yeah. You're going to be the people <laughs> that everyone thinks, who were they? We're going to be the first people who moved into that to lose our deposit. Why? Just because I'm going to fuck it up. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I love losing deposits. We're going to, we're going to cut back to the lads now. <laughs> Me and Jack. <laughs> so I think we better kick into a segment. Kick in. This is the first... Thank you. You know, this, this is the first time we're going to kick into a segment. I want you oh, to introduce us to Sonic Seconds. Okay. Do I need to say a thing? You can say a quote if you want. Oh no, I'm late for a children's card game. <laughs> this somehow prevents me from simply lowering my arm and murdering you. Punctuality, my Achilles heel. This is Sonic Seconds. <laughs> That is from an episode of Yu Gi Oh! The Abridged series that we watched last night. Uh, a fantastic piece of work, an astounding, unending piece of absolute genius. Better than the show. I look back on the show and I think of the Abridged series. Mm. A shining, shining achievement for Little Karibo. Right, where you go. Uh, okay, my Sonic Second is from uh, American Girl by Tom Petty. Like, slap bang at the start as well, which is quite a bad place to have a Sonic Second, but it really kind of just like gets you into the song. It's the bit where. Uh, I think it's the lead guitar comes in. Nice. It's that little boom. Do you know that's the bass? Is that the bass? That's the bass. Right. Okay. Because I'd been <laughs> totally looking, wrong when I, I when I was um, when I bought my my bass earlier last year. I went. Uh, with I was on a mission to find the the base tab for American Girl, and that wasn't on the the base tab was the one I found. I will say the least trustworthy items that exist in the universe tabs, uh, yeah, guitar tabs online. Do not trust them. The songs are written by geniuses. The tabs are written by people who do not have a clue. They don't even have a guitar. I'd originally assumed it was the bass, and then and then saw something on a tab and that said it wasn't the bass, and so I thought, well, the internet. Is clearly correct, of course. <laughs> I just, well, I just feel like I've seen like seen them play it live, and you just see the bass player. Uh, I can't think of his name. Uh, actually, I can't think of his name, and it's gonna. Weirdly enough, it takes the time it takes me to the time it would take me to Google something that I definitely know is how often it takes for me to remind myself what it is that I actually know. Uh, and normally, when I'm when I'm uh, trying to think of it, uh, the noise of a keyboard clicking uh, happens. Uh, but it is me just searching my own brain. Let me think. Oh, of course, yes, Ron Blair. Ron Blair. Uh, whenever I see him live, he always does the the boom boom live. So I assume he does it on the recording. Maybe he does a guitar. I, don't I originally know. thought it was like if if two people in the room, the only two people in the room, had assumed it was a bass, then I'm I'm going to I would like to redact my previous statement and say my Sonic Second is when the bass comes in at the start of American Girl. Very good Sonic Second. Very very good Sonic Second. It's a great it's a great track. Roger McGuinn famously said when he heard that. Roger went of the birds when he heard that track said, um, God, I don't remember writing that, which is obviously mm. a compliment, or he just, the delusion had set in early with Roger McGuinn and he thought he had written that song. My Sonic Second comes from, in a spider-tastic way, comes from uh, the Ramones did a cover of the Spider-Man theme song. They did. And the guitar solo in it sounds incredible. One of the only times there's actually been a guitar solo in a Ramones song as well, which was, which was a rare occurrence. Um, but the Stripes, at our very first gig, in the Gonzo Theatre, part of the set included this theme song. We played three theme songs at that gig. Uh, the Ghostbusters theme song, the Spider-Man theme song, and 
the waffle song, which is like not really a theme song, but you know, the do you like waffles? Yeah, we like waffles thing. The way the guitar solo comes in and how it sounds um, is uh, Sonic Ambrosia. Great solo. That, yeah, that's yeah, fantastic. It's like if Dwayne Eddy was to record a version of the Spider Man theme song, he would do a solo like that. Yeah. It's incredibly cool to me. I love it. And again, just a little the the earning bit at the end. Mm. Uh, and we're gonna cut over now to uh Ev's Sonic Seconds. Yes, uh thank you. Because I, I throw each time over and mm-hmm. I said, Look, I know I said, look Evan, give us yours, but also Ross, give us yours about it. No, you're gonna be here, so there you go. Give us oh, your song. Yeah. Okay. Give us your song. Oh, yeah. I forgot you don't count for this one, Ross. So I mean yeah, like no, uh, since it doesn't matter. Um, what I pick I prob- I've probably used this one before yeah this is um, Hot Burrito uh, Ivora Dough uh, I don't think you used this no good don't think so class just the it's all sweet and you know all country clean is that the <laughs> melody like that I wouldn't know because I don't know what the fuck that was <laughs> the other one Ross the one that goes <laughs> yeah sure yeah uh, anyway when the guitar comes in crunchy That's the melody I was trying to sing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, you love... Very good. Crunchy guitars. Crusty. I think that's a pedal steel fuzzed to... Fuzzed to buggery. Fair play. I like that. Sounds really good. Big r- rake of fuzz. Shoved up its jacksy. Do you want to tell us the name of the song and the band? That is a Hot Burrito Number 2 by the Flying Burrito Brothers. Excellent song. And a song that features the phrase, and so it goes... Yeah. Repeated. I'm not saying Nick nicked it or anything, but totally forgot to tell you as well on the concept of talking about Nick Lowe. On the I, I mentioned with Jack as well, I'll tell you a bit about it as well. I was lecturing in Trinity. I said lecture. I oh the, yeah, the, the, mu- news. the music society in Trinity. Uh, Gemma, uh, who was on the previous episode, uh, asked me to come in and speak as part of a songwriting workshop along with Roisin from Banrian. So we went in again. I uh, did my best, or did, didn't? I did my <laughs> didn't accident. I did like I didn't mean, didn't intend to, but I turned up in the obviously I've I've a junior sort. I had no right to be speaking to anyone in Trinity. Yeah, uh, everyone there would know more about music about the practical application and the theory and all about it than I would you've given more masterclass lectures in colleges than you've had a day in college yes and also more than you have any results from any sort of leave and cert qualification absolutely thank you for reminding me for anyone who doesn't know Trinity is like the really high end college in, in Dublin it's like a Trinity for winners it's a big oh, thing yeah. it's highly yeah. prestigious for many hundreds of years now the yeah. top university in Ireland it's isn't one it? of the top ones in the world as well actually it's a very high end one and uh, such is my professionalism as well in that uh, after I finished talking I was like talking all about how yes you know live and die by the guitar it's what I do I write all this I, I was like I write every song on this guitar it's ever I've written, I've written I've done on this guitar great yeah. Uh, it's still in Trinity. I left it there. Uh, <laughs> for- you forgot the I guitar. Forgot it there. The talk was grand. I talked about it a bit with Jack. The talk was really good fun. Some people had some nice questions and all that sort of stuff. Oh, I will say as well to Gemma, if she's listening, thank you so much for having me on. I do apologize for every single thing that I said. Um, <laughs> it was a genuinely lovely evening and it was a great time. To- and even just uh, Roshan as well had some different approaches to how I had for songwriting as well. So it was really nice batting that over and back and things like that. It was a really, I genuinely had a great time in the music mm. society there. It was full of a lot of very cool people. Uh, but they were very nice at the end and they gave me a bottle of uh, champagne yep. and a dark chocolate bar. And I was like, mm. how lovely is that? Bonjour, says you. Bonjour, no, says <laughs> me. Just to even freak further highlight that like the, the distance that from, what I, from those things that I've experienced in my life so far, mm. I then went home and I was uh, heading out, the next day or so I was heading out somewhere to meet some people and I was like, just have nothing to pre-drink with. Oh, a bottle of champagne, that'd be Champer, grand. Champers. Champers. And then I realised, I've never, it's such, such as my upbringing so far, such as my life to date, I've never actually opened a corked bottle before. Yeah. Didn't know how to do it. Okay. Took at it with a pen knife. <laughs> and that's what I did to the top of it. Oh, for fuck's sake. So, it's closed forever. Didn't get it off. No, it's not It's not ever been opened. And I sent that to Lucy, who Lucy who's in a band called uh, Last Apollo. Yeah, yeah. We're a very good band. Uh, they were running the... They were the, the kind of the chairperson of, of the talk, hmm. and I sent them a picture, being like, "Look what I look what I did to this. Look I what happened. Look, I couldn't open it. Yeah, yeah. Look, sent back two lines of ha 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 ha, <laughs> and then the thing saying you fucked it, <laughs> which was nice. Um, but yeah, but the lecture was great. Really good fun being in Trinity and all that sort of stuff. Uh, Ev, your Sonic second. My Sonic second comes from I referenced earlier, unless it's been edited out. 
that <laughs> uh, I have been on a major Jonesy's jukebox binge lately, Aye. which has been obviously so that's for the folks at home. That is Steve Jones from the Sex Pistols. His radio show that he now does is based out of LA, and he is the least LA. He's the most like London fucking geezer up the apples and pears, Lionel Blair's fucking Oliver Twist. How's your father? Harry Seacombe, uh, Bob's your uncle, two pints of lager and a packet of crisps, why do only fools and horses work, man, ever. He's English. Mm-hmm. He doesn't fit in with the whole LA thing at all. And that has sent me in the direction of a uh, Sex Pistols binge. And Thank I'll- God, because I thought you were going to say he did a solo track. <laughs> because every single one of Steve Jones's solo outings are terrible. The fucking Love and Mercy or whatever the fucking album is called. Excuse me, obviously, R.I.P. Meatloaf. Very, very sad. Yeah. After Meatloaf, Steve Jones' solo career is the most things on fire, motorbikes, long hair thing you're yeah. ever yeah. going to see in your life. And I actually w- listened to Jonesy talking about yeah, Mercy and then the second album is called Fire and Gasoline. Holy shit. Yeah, he only did two, two solo Thank albums. God. <laughs> I horribly misjudged kind of California yeah, style solo career and he, I think he says uh, I can't listen to them albums because I sound like a prick or something like that anyway Sex Pistols binge has been had also a binge of The Professionals has been had oh nice Bodie and Doyle yeah 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 uh, no uh, Jonesy and Cook the band that they had after oh <laughs> The band that Steve Jones and Paul Cook were in after <laughs> full of touchment, binging the show, the fucking show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. my god! <laughs> but fucking Jesus Christ! Is that Sam's rap? <laughs> but uh, after the untimely but inevitable demise of the Sex Pistols, Steve Jones and Paul Cook formed another band called The Professionals. And their album is really good. I would urge people to check it out. It's called I Didn't See It Coming, and it features a man getting punched in the face <laughs> on the cover, which I think is pretty funny. But like Sonic Seconds was a long roundabout way of saying it comes from a obscure Sex Pistols B side cool. called as as the intonation of the song and the singing would have it. Did you know wrong? Is the name of the song. And Please. it is the B-side of maybe Pretty Vacant or God Save the Queen, one of them. Okay. Um, and I've it was never, ever, ever thought about the Sex Pistols. Sorry, I'm yawning at the moment. I'm going to talk clear. I've ever thought of the Sex Pistols having a B-side. It's weird, isn't it? Yeah, their version of No Fun was a B-side. Really? Yeah. and That's I want no fun. I want to be, <laughs> want to be me. And then there was... Because they only put out four singles <laughs> when yeah, fucking, fucking... losers. I can't think of the other one. But fucking... And then a lot of, like, posthumous singles, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. But Did You Know Wrong, it's it's uh, the band in their original state where it's Steve Jones and Paul Cook being, like, We Love the Faces and The Who and Roxy Music and Mott the Hoople and want to be a big stomp in 70s kind of glam-ish band. Yeah. Uh, it's the kind of... The remnant of that sort of thing kind of been redressed by having John Lydon sing the song and the kind of different connotations that were around it. But there's a fantastic Jonesy guitar part in the middle that really betrays that influence. Just Jonesy being a tight as fuck guitar legend. Well, no, it was Chris Bedding did all that. Of course, sorry. Yeah, he was a fucking fucking one. <laughs> No, yeah, that's amazing. It's a cool, it's a fucking cool riff. That's great, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's a really, like, we came up with this when we were fucking 17, stomping out in rehearsals, like... I know, favourite pistol, Steve Jones, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, okay, is that your Sonic Second? That's my Sonic Second. Woo-wee, from all the way in Dublin could hear that Sonic Second. That's a great wee Sonic Second. More like a, more like a Sonic Boom. A Sonic Boom. Oh no, I'm late for a children's card game. This somehow prevents me from simply loading my arm and murdering you. Punctuality, my Achilles heel. Uh, that was Sonic Seconds. Sonic Seconds! Screw the rules, I have money. This is Vopa. Singing, singing badly, and we listen to them gladly. It's the Vopa. Oh shit, sorry, one more time. Yes, Screw the rules, I have money is Kaiba's catchphrase in the Yu Gi Oh! The Abridged series. Uh, probably he says that as many times as he probably says, shut up, Mokuba, which is another fantastic phrase mm. in the show. Um, but this is Vopa, where we uh, talk about instances where singers just cack it live. Do you want to go first? Oh boy, yeah. Okay, my Vopa is oh, it's from when the Gorillas were playing in Harlem way back in 2019 or something, okay. and Sean Ryder, who does the it's there, yeah, um, on the, on the the track there. Um, I think he was drunk. I think most people assume he was I drunk. I don't think Sean was a man for drinking or drugging. 
Okay. He seemed pretty well put together all the time through his entire life. Something's good. Something's I'm only going on. He most likely, probably, most definitely was. <laughs> Something's going on uh, during, uh, yeah, during this. Oh, poor Sean. I don't know where he thought he was. I don't know if he knew he was on, on the stage in front of what I can only assume was hundreds of people. Um, oh, no. Wherever he was, he was fucking coming up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. He was having fun. That's, that's the main time. part. As long as, as long as Sean had his fun, he didn't give a fuck about anyone else. No. So my Vopat comes from a cesspit of bad singing. TikTok. Ooh. Specifically... TikTok buskers. This is an area of TikTok I've never gone to. These lads, I've come across these chaps before in another clip uh, where they, along with Milky Chance, sing um, Roxanne. And it is, for being generous, not good. This is even worse. The chaps are in the streets singing Minnie the Moocher. And your man's take on the track is frighteningly erratic. <laughs> Someone choking a kookaburra. Ah, oh, someone cooking a chocoburra. It just it's it's bad and it's not fun. And I think they thought they nailed it, which is the triumvirate of ways to fucking be shit. Yeah, I think even with the amount of hoarseness in my voice right now, I wouldn't be able to mimic that if I if I wanted to. No, no, definitely not. Uh, he was overtaken by a vocal cordless demon. Yeah. Great. Well, I'm glad we agree. <laughs> Let's throw back to Cav now for Evans Vopa. Thank you, Fib Pete and Fib Jack. We are here back with Cav Pete, Cav Evan, Cav Ross. Killish Ross. Killish Ross. Cav Ross. The doctor's greatest. Yeah, yeah, I know Doctor Who. Yeah, so give us your Vox Pass, Ross. Vox Pass. See, my Vox Pass and my Sid Didn't Die are interchangeable. This is a fucking song that was released in um, 1963. And I found it on... Um, a TikTok video of some lad doing some woodworking. Anyway, listen That's to this. That's amazing. <laughs> some lad doing some woodworking. <laughs> listen to this absolute fucking shite. Well, look, you know, it's uh, it's probably meant to be funny. Actually, I don't even think it is. Maybe it's meant to be bad. Make your mind up, Ross. I don't know. <laughs> you, you make up my mind. Surf, surf, baby, gonna surf, 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 surf with you. That's cool. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna surf all night, gonna surf all the way to school. Ross, I can't believe you haven't listened to that Gary's compilation (laughs) Surfing Shit Boys in the fucking Yin Yang That's like the opening track on like sides 1 and 7 Well, two different versions, like two alternate vocals One is a bit more, that's like not, a bit less polished than that Already? Yeah Well, do you want to know the name of this band? Go for it King Usnevich. You love bands with King in the first thing. I do, actually. King Usnevich. I've been meaning to get into King Tough for quite a while now. Do you fucking stop fucking Mm -hmm. fucking talking over me fucking... Anyway, sorry. Yeah. Uh, King... (laughs) Stop talking over me, anyway, you were saying. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. King Usnevich and the Usnevich Tones. Cool. Brilliant. That's great. I think that's that's deliberate. I think that's them being garage. I think it's it's on purpose. I think it's cool. I I know that she's about saying, oh, it sounds cool and I like it. But genuinely, I didn't go far enough into the song. If you go mid middle of the song, it is a it is a pile of fucking well, shit. It just to me sounded like guided by voices, though, and I think they're brilliant. Like that, that that song UFOs they have, your man can't sing, and the guitar cuts off halfway through, and it's great. Okay. So you're well, wrong. I'm not judging you, Evan Peter. Yeah, <laughs> my vopa comes from a tangential kind of roundabout thing where when we were gonna originally record this podcast together on the same day, it was the third of February, Buddy Holly, Buddy Holly's anniversary, but also Dave Davies. Of Kingdom Birthday Birthday 75 Yes Well remembered I'm class <laughs> I was thinking of doing a Sonic Second that was Dave Because it was his birthday And then a Vopa that was Ray To get back at him Because it was Dave's birthday Oh nice Great. To be like Yeah I'm taking I'm giving Sticking it in for a fucking Dave here Just to be a gas a Gas cant Yeah uh, But I actually couldn't find a Ray Vopa but I know there is But I just couldn't fucking I, but They weren't yeah. ready to hand but the Dave Vopaz were 
thick and fast, fast coming at me. They were splooging out at you. I couldn't handle the amount of Dave Opaz. So now that he's it, one of those singers where like is a class harmony singer. Yeah, shouldn't be singing songs on his own, except for Strangers. In which case, oh yeah, it's amazing. He can Strangers do it. Amazing, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there's there is a type of song that suits him, and like he does fucking good. Golly, Miss Molly on that um, BBC in concert thing, and he's oh, fucking, great. He's tearing it up there, and on some studio recordings, he's doing fucking great. But just like when he does like fucking Millie Cow Blues live, I think it's a live thing. Yeah, maybe. Millie Blues live is just a crazy fucking experience. Yeah. I'll put it in, in to quote the YouTube comment on that video, shit singer. Um, <laughs> nice. And, but then I found him performing in more recent times, i.e. post-1995, I'm going to say. In more recent times, Dave performing a solo concert with a band, with a, a Dave Davies band, and I Need You which is a great Kings B-side I think it's the B-side of either Tired of Waiting For You or Set Me Free or one of them I remember I Need You having a really good solo in it yep and it's in the fucking you really got me all day and all the night mode of I like, remember one time me and you had a conversation when we were about 12 <laughs> on, the, on our each other's parents phones yep. texting talking about I Need You that's <laughs> oh, a core memory of mine cool bye the life and times of being a fucking legend. sexy legend <laughs> So anyway, I Need You Live has a kind of a, it's like the, we invented this, you really got me type song. We can fucking do as many variations on the theme as we fucking like. And so this is actually one of the better ones as well. And the band is sounding great. It's, the guitar is a little bit maybe rock with a A and a W instead of an O and a C, but sure. We can forgive him that. He invented it. What do you do about that? He kind of was like, I invented that, but not realizing his thing sounded cooler, kind of started doing what the other lads who were trying to be like him did that wasn't as good. Yeah. Yeah, here he is attempting to sing I Need You, which is normally in a Ray kind of, I need you kind yeah. of voice. Ray Davis, I forgot, is, a, is an android. Yeah, yeah. Ray does have a bit of a fucking Jamaican android thing going on. He does. But now it's just Dave like, being kicked in the balls <laughs> repeatedly. And like it's not even that bad, but he's just in oh, such a high yeah. register for the whole song. He he's he's singing badly, but he sounds like Fergal Sharkey singing well. Yeah, like in a middle sort of range, not a fucking. I need you yeah, up there. <laughs> absolutely splitting his gooch to get up there. Yeah. Oh, the poor lad. <laughs> oh god. And he just does the whole song like that, and I think just oh. there was no need, mate. Well, that's a very good, Vopa. I enjoyed that. Mm. Singing, singing badly, and we listen to them gladly. It's the... Oh, oh, shit. Sorry, one more time. Who parked their car on my sandwich? Uh, this is sit and die for this. Very good, very good. A nice little niche ref there. This is Sid Didn't Die For This, where we talk about instances where people did things that Sid Vicious just didn't die for. No. Go for it. Uh, okay, um, this can be considered a hot take by some. Fantastic. We um, love hot takes here. But I like to squeeze it into any opportunity I, I have to bring it up. Um, but um, Sid Didn't Die For Tina Turner's cover of Proud Mary. Thank you. Becoming more popular than Credence's original. Absolutely. Um, I, I've I've never once seen a paddle steamer and thought, you know what, this could this could this could be <laughs> this would be great if it went much faster. <laughs> no, I don't like her version at all. And again, that thing is like every wedding for centuries has used Tina Turner's version of fucking. Proud yeah, Mary. it's in Flushed Away. <sighs> it's the outro song to to an Ardman film, and that ah, just that just. It does the soul no favours. Yeah. Because Flushed was great. Yeah, it is. Love yeah. Flushed. I do love a bit of Gorgonzola. Uh, that's Ross's favourite quote from it. Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's in Flushed Away. But no, yeah, I'm not a fan of, of Tina Turner's version of Proud Mary. Um, it wasn't a Proud John who heard Proud her version of Proud Mary. Well, I think, is John Fogley probably okay with it? Like, is he a bit like... I don't know. I've I've never really... I haven't asked him. No. I did actually once ask. I did once... Uh, back in my days of making, uh, there was a brief period in my life where I made little cartoons on YouTube, and during one of them, I we won- all we all have a dark YouTube past. Oh. Just my dark YouTube past was broadcast on fucking BBC Four. Yeah, um, and I wanted to use Bad Moon Rising in one of one of these cartoons. It's like a, like an introduction credit song, and so I sent an email to Creedence Clearwater Revival. Obviously, didn't hear back from like this, <laughs> like. Sir, a seventeen-year-old child is asking if we, if he can use his music in our music in his music video. We didn't hear back. 
Didn't hear back. No. Uh, what we've learned from that is John Fogarty is a prick. Yeah. I emailed. Now, again, I don't ever expect a band to email back when they're like a big, successful, busy kind of band. Mm. Grand. I heard about there was a new pornographer's documentary made once and I could not find a copy of it anywhere. So I emailed them, emailed their management, emailed their current press agent, emailed their current um, touring company, emailed their merch company. I sent 11 emails to all the different uh, parties involved in the organisation of the new pornographers and said, hello, I am a huge fan of this band. I would love to see this documentary. Can you help me out? Is there a way I can find a copy or do you have one lying around in the office somewhere or is there an archive where it is? Can I be sent it? I would love to, love to, love to, love to see it. Now, safe to say the new pornographers are not a very busy band at the moment this is about two years ago mm. aren't very busy they wrapped up touring on the last album they were at fuck all and they couldn't find the time to respond to an email from a very very eager fan and that made me agree that you know it's not so much that i'm kind of don't like the band anymore it's just that i am tr- i am in training to one day best them in hand-to-hand combat mm. and kill them <laughs> Not my fault. They should have responded to my fucking email. I mean, yeah, no, fair, fair play. Absolutely. Tina Turner, Tina Turner can sing. Oh, she can absolutely, and, like, and, and, and she uh, also makes a great villain. Yeah, uh, in, for Mad Max, Mad Max Three, Thunderdome. Oh, I was talking about Tommy. Oh, she plays the uh, Acid Queen. Oh, right Tommy. enough. Yeah, I did not think you were going to go Mad Max Fury Road on me. No, not Mad Max Three. Sorry, I didn't know you were going to Thunderdome. Pull it. Didn't know you were going to pull out fucking MM3TD on me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't even know she was in that. Fair play to her. No, but uh, Tina obviously is great. Pro that woman. She's fantastic. And she does a great version of Acid Queen and all that. But she just doesn't do a good version of Pride Mary for me anyway. No, no. I, yeah. I think it's the fact that the fact that it speeds up and becomes this really fast, mad thing takes away from the actual song. That's the bit everyone no- thinks of yeah. that song. When they think of Pride Mary, they think of the bit, oh yeah, we're all just kind of mad. Whereas the song itself should just be the, the best bit about the song. Exactly. Yeah. 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 If if the whole if Tina Turner's whole cover of Proud Mary was the intro, it would be fantastic. It'd be amazing. It'd be brilliant. Uh, so she just she just frigged it halfway through. She, she did. She just messed it up. Sid, for me this month, I Sid didn't die for Billy Crystal hosting the Oscars nine times, but never ever ever having been nominated not once. I think that's lousy. That's that, shit behaviour. Yeah. It's so mean. It's like, yeah, you can come. You come to the party, come to the gaff, like, man, hang out. But can you just like, stand outside and, like, give everyone the party favours as they come in? But don't come in, though. You know, yeah. I think it's really lousy. And he's got the he's got the back catalogue to warrant at least an honorary Oscar. Like, at least an honorary, yeah, Oscar or something like that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like a Lifetime Achievement Oscar or, like, whatever, like a cumulative work. Because I've seen people, like, get a cumulative work Oscar laid on in their career, like, just your contribution to cinema has earned you a lifetime Oscar thing. There you go, whatever. He hasn't been given one at all, right? And then the sickening thing, considering he's in, like, you know, When Harry Met Sally, Sadie's Lakers, which is not an Oscar nominated picture, shouldn't be, but like. Monsters Inc. Monsters Inc. That makes me cry every time. It's that's, that's So that's Oscar nominated. It's, I think it's brilliant. He's in Forget Paris, which is great as well. I did go on a Billy Crystal behinge over Christmas. <laughs> um, and. Yeah, he's in an astonishingly amount of great films. He's in from Princess Princess Diaries. Uh, Princess Diaries. <laughs> <laughs> he plays Julie Andrews in the Princess Diaries. He's in the Princess Bride. He's great in that. He just anything he turns up in, he is fantastic in, and you can always rely on Billy Crystal to turn in a great performance. And he is such he's so far to date been ignored by the Academy, and I for one, I'm not ready to forgive them. Now the really galling thing is that he's won primetime Emmy awards for his performances at the Grammys. At, oh. at the Oscars, I mean, right. like he, like it'd be like outstanding performance in a single song, like you have like songs and that at the, at the at the Oscars. Yeah, yeah. He's won awards for his performances at the Oscars, but they have refused to give him one. And there's people who I'm going to say it, man. There's people out there winning Oscars who have done work not as good as Billy Crystal, and he has yet to get an Oscar, but has hosted nine times. I wouldn't care if he didn't, if they never, if the Academy never went near him. But they're like, you're so great. We're going to make you one of the longest running hosts. Of the Oscars. Yeah. Uh, but we we're never, ever even going to be nominated. Fuck you, Billy Crystal. I think it's lousy, and Sid Vicious did not die for that. No, he didn't. Evan. Yes, thank you once again, Fib P and Fib J. We are here with Cavi, Kever, and Kevpa. Yeah, my Sid didn't die is, um, is an advert that's on the telly at the moment. No. It's for uh, Roman Kemp's... Uh, radio I, station. Yes, yes. <clears throat> now the whole son ad, of, son of um, 
Spandau Ballet. Yes, yes, indeed. Um, the whole ad is is terrible. Good to hear. There's a certain bit in it. It's Anne Marie's um, little cameo. There's there's so many. Is the singer Anne Marie. Yeah. Okay. There's so many um, fucking artists in. Because isn't he like doing like a roll call, like a breakfast roll call? Yeah, or something it's like, that, like an it? it's like people auditioning. Yeah. Oh right. It's okay. People auditioning and like Ed Sheeran and Lil Nas and all those. People are in it, and pop vocal personalities of the t- of the day. Yeah, exactly. Bing Crosby and the like. Anne Marie's been in it. She she sings a little bit, and yeah. she's like, "Oh, I'm in the wrong place. She's totally in the wrong studio. It's not even there." And and Roman it goes, uh, "Well, if you're on the hit parade, then you're on the right show." That's how he talks, isn't it? Yeah, that's yeah. pretty much it. He's classic. He's all up to date. He's a pro. But even when you're joking, singing, you do something that sounds like singing. Mm-hmm. But. This, as, this is why I'm saying the Vopaz could, and the thing could have been interchangeable. I see. Sorry. Capital! Think I'm in the wrong building. <laughs> yeah, she hits notes there that are really great against me. I don't mm. like that at all. Yeah, it's like if you're going to do a, a messy vocal thing, you know, you could you could at least make it sound like you're actually auditioning to something. I do find the Capital Radio ads really weird all the time. Yeah. Yeah. TV ads for radio on telly, I don't yeah. fucking get that. Smacks of desperation, yeah. if you ask me. Yes. Says fighting a fucking losing battle. Stick to your own medium, yeah. Don't try and piggyback on one. It's already better. It'd be like fucking... Telly going, well, well, well. Look who came crawling I don't, I don't hear ads for telly on the radio. Never. Nope. Telly going, well, well, look who wants to give us money to <laughs> advertise on our platform. Saying right F to didn't die. So didn't die. I'm actually going to go for uh, keeping the Sex Pistols theme going. Uh, not so didn't die for Sid Vicious dying. Yeah, yeah, not just of Sid didn't die, but for uh, what my previous Sex Pistols references and kind of Sid didn't die for Sid didn't die in the sense that Sid didn't die for Sid Vicious to be in the Sex Pistols. Yeah, no, definitely not. And for the Sex Pistols <laughs> to not to be give, given the chance to be the proper band that they were and wanted to be, and the band that was formed in 1975, six ish by. Steve Jones, Paul Cook, and Glenn Matlock. Yeah, hey, I want that band. I, we never really got it properly. Like, obviously, no. we got a great album and great tracks around it, and great Rung and Swindle has great stuff on it, and all that crack. Uh, and the lads have obviously got this legendary fucking status because of it, and have fucking built their whole lives on the one album they did in nineteen seventy eight. But I would consider, yeah, fucking Jonesy, Cookie, Matlock. That's a fucking. Matty. Matt, yeah, Jonesy, Cookie, Matty, Lockie, Lockie, Stevie, Paulie, Glenny. That's a fucking super group, yeah. As far as I'm concerned, yeah, that's like definitely. put together a dream fucking power trio. Yeah, obviously, John Lydon, Johnny, incredibly great front man, brilliant lyricist, brilliant singer, all sorts of stuff. I'm not necessarily saying that he shouldn't have been in the band, I think he very much should have. And I think the band was the way it was, and it was great the way, like, that was the fucking thing. But the fact that Malcolm McLaren was such a fucking space cadet troublemaking bollocks yeah <laughs> that his whole priorities the kind of Malcolm McLaren Vivian Westwood King's Road angle on punk and the whole fashion bullshit and the whole thing if it's about selling fucking bondage trousers more than it is about the lads being a good band and yeah, being given a chance yeah. causing outrage for the sake of it again the Grundy show all this sort of stuff we all loved that we all loved the controversy and that's cool because that was them being themselves and all that crack but the idea of basically fueling controversy like fucking Malcolm McLaren started playing Glenn Matlock and John Lydon off against each other and they were the two main songwriters and kind of forced Glenn Matlock out of the band to create chaos, basically. No other reason than he wanted. He was like, things are getting boring, not fucking chaotic. And, you know, I realised I was the Svengali who was going to create brilliant, beautiful disaster and chaos and all this sort of stuff. And it's like, you're being a fucking head case, man. You've got this incredible band. You know what I mean? Nothing panned out the way it should have been the Sex Pistols. No. At no. all. And even people like then on the classic albums you have people like Jonesy saying like uh, if Glenn Matlock had stayed in the band they probably would have gone on to make more albums and they could have developed a songwriting thing and uh, like but like fucking as I say McLaren doing a kind of a weird kind of bullying Chinese whispers manipulation thing to make everyone think that Glenn had a problem with them and make Glenn think everyone else had a problem with him until he just fucked off. And then, like, I think they wrote three songs after he left the band in in total. Right. And, like, the, the final, however many months of the band Sid Vicious was in, like, Sid was put in that situation where it's like, he just wasn't capable yeah, of handling the situation any other way. I don't like him as a punk figure. I hate the whole bullshit around it. He kind of personifies. He's he was made into the 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 sort of like punk deity of like yeah, all yeah. the things about punk that are irritating. So and and ironically, I don't think he died for that. No, I don't think he did. They should have just been a cool band with great songs. Glenn Matlock should have stayed in the band, written more cool songs. Like the Professionals is kind of a glimpse into the sort of direction that TV show. 
yeah, yeah. That that the lads wanted to go in more kind of car chases and all that <laughs> sort of stuff. Uh, <laughs> um, the the impressions like stuff. Their albums are like more of an idea of where the lads wanted to go as a band, and it's like fuck. Yeah, if we had well, been more, you know, there's some good stuff on there. Could have oh. just been a good band. Well, was it didn't die? Back to fibs. Thank you, Evan. Who parked our car in my sandwich? So I was just taking a big. Oh, you were taking big, a big I, was, I was building up to it. Oh, sorry. Has <laughs> <laughs> <you> forgotten? <laughs> Don't interrupt me mid charge. Who parked their car on my sandwich? That was Sid Didn't Die Now, coming up to the final segment for this episode, I missed the part where that's my problem. This is second best. This is second best uh, segment that is it, it. It hasn't made too many appearances in the show so far because it's always been sort of myself or Becky or Sam or Evan or Ross on it all the time, and they're very hard to come up with. But anytime there's a new guest on, I always try and get them to do the segment because it, 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 I feel like they're very hard to find. It's the, it, the, the the segment is about the best second line in a song because there's so many songs with a great opening line, but an opening line is only as good as the line that follows it, and I think they're more important but they're very hard to find. And we've kind of run the gamut on ours already, so that's why I haven't touched a segment in a while. And that's why I used that specific quote from Spider-Man. I missed the part where that's my problem, because this segment is not my it's problem. It's not your problem. This, this episode, because I'm not going to contribute one. So what is your second best? It's from uh, Michael Caine by Madness. Oh. A song... Ev should be here for this. I know, he re- yeah. Fuck. <laughs> a song which I believe is about the Troubles. Um, it's about a, a police informer during the troubles, um, oh. um, with a reference to uh, Michael Caine's um, old uh, Harry Palmer. Harry Palmer, I think it's Harry Palmer spy films. I'm going. I'm, I'm doubling you, down. You, I'm you, doubling down. Um, <laughs> a, a scene where he's being tortured um, for information, and he just keeps repeating, "My name is Harry Palmer." That's the only information he ever gives him. So throughout the song, you hear Michael Caine saying, "My name, my name is Michael oh. Caine." So yeah, so the song opens with so it's obviously like you know going to be quite a, a bit of a darker tone of a song, but mm-hmm. it open but you know madness have you know they've not shied from that before, um, and so opening line, he's walking where I'm afraid I don't know, and you think all right okay yeah it's a bit mysterious. Second line, I see the firemen jumping from the windows, and it suddenly takes on a very different like all oh, right okay no we're going dark with this song hard yeah followed a little bit later by an actual woman's scream so uh i don't know it's kind of like the uh the, the first line of the song is kind of like the roller coaster racking up to the top of a peak mm-hmm. um and then the second line is is just is the drop and you're on the roller coaster from then on wow fantastic i don't know the song i won't listen to it uh, no, but I'm glad, I'm glad thank you for your input there you go yeah. madness fair play good second best we haven't had second best on probably in probably since the single digits of this show great stuff that's our final segment um, was there anything else I wanted to bring up here that I wanted to show you oh yeah 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 I wanted to <laughs> <laughs> now I wasn't can I, can I quickly cut in if if, uh, if anyone has seen Spider-Man No Way Home the part where I mean, um, can I can I give it like a spoiler warning for for it's like? It's been for, out like, for ages. I mean, yeah, actually, it's been out for two months. If you if you've not seen it by by the time this podcast comes out, then that's on you. Uh, no, when um, the the moment where Norman transforms into the Goblin oh, yeah, during yeah. the flat, Pete, when you leaned over your laptop there, your face transformed <laughs> with that laugh just then. Well, because what I'm about to bring up is fucking evil. <laughs> <laughs> so I I'm hastened I hasten to say that I was not actively listening to this song i just happened to hear it okay 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 so that's baby yeah by justin bieber now i want to draw your attention to so bear that in mind that oh okay right Oh, wow. oh, they're the exact same. That's mad. That, that's darling of a new era by the specials. Yeah, that other track was Baby by Justin Bieber. They have the same vocal run in it. Have How you, crazy is that? Seth Everman did uh, a video, uh, sort of showcasing all all of the songs that have the same 
the exact same like four notes bum 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 the like the amount of songs that was that three notes it. there you went bum 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 oh it was four sorry i forgot, <laughs> I forgot how to count there <laughs> I, for a second there i like i exited my body <laughs> Um, but Seth Edmund, yeah, did the thing about all the, the is it the four notes? Is that like the axis of awesome thing that the four chords video on you? No, it's like it? the, in that exact sequence. Really? There's like a, a whole. There's a number of songs that are, that um, I'll use. Yeah. Fair play, Seth, giving away all our secrets. Definitely, there's no. I'm not saying there's like a link, like a Bieber nicked fucking special, or like it's just two totally separate songs that don't exist in the same universe at all. Yeah. Just happen to have a really similar little bit to them. Which I think is gas. A cosmic link. No one's gonna chop it, but we're Jack, it's been a pleasure having you on the podcast. It's been a pleasure being on the podcast. How mad is that? It is. It's quite mad. Yeah. I think. I think when. When did you start doing High Fidelity? September of 2019. Right, okay. So that was before we actually started speaking. Yeah. Which is which is mad. And now I'm actually. I, I'm, on I'm, I'm on it now. So imagine that everyone else who like. I've known before this, before the podcast started, who hasn't been on it so far. Says an awful lot about how I think about them. Yeah, mm. Or you just bullied your way onto it. I was like, fuck, what am I going to do with this conference here? I guess we'll record an episode, I suppose. Just do something, fucking it'll eat up an hour at least. But yeah, no, it's been a pleasure having you on. I knew you'd, I knew, I knew you'd have some good bits on as well. Uh, good bits to bring up and all that as well. And, you know, mm. fellow artist and all that, it's always good to have someone on. Uh, that's a nice little sniff for you there. I'm going to disappoint Jack live on air. Oh. That, that place hanged out that we were going to go to for lunch. Is it closed? Doesn't open till five. Ah. <laughs> But yeah, anyway, Jack McGee, it's been a pleasure having you on. Thank uh, you. Let's do our sign-off. I've been Pete. I've been Ross. I've been Evan. I've been Jack. And we're here, we are Zen Arcade plus uh, Jack McGee, the artist, reminding you to be rooting. Be tooting. Be scooting. Always be shooting. But most importantly, be, be kind. How glad are you that you got to do that? Oh man! <laughs> <laughs> uh, what what a wild ride!